Welcome to Chatting About Change with Dr. Jim Maddox. I'm a professor, OD consultant, and change strategist, helping individuals and organizations experience life to the fullest and engaging in positive transformational change. Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of Conversations of Change with Dr. Jim Maddox. Today, I'm visiting with Daniel White, and Daniel White is a uh, consultant extraordinaire in uh, Wichita, Kansas, and uh, Daniel and I have uh, go way back, and we've um, actually been able to do a couple international consulting projects, uh, one in uh, Bolivia and one in, in Ghana, and so uh, it's good to uh, catch up with Daniel. So, Daniel, welcome. Hey, thanks so much, Jim, for having me. I appreciate it. So what's uh, what's new in your world? What's changing? What's changing? Well, you know, the whole world has been changing the last couple of months here. Um, you know, it's it's been interesting to to see both the effects on um, my own business as well as uh, clients that I work with. I work as part of uh, AGH, which is a regional accounting and advisory firm here in Wichita, Kansas, and so got the traditional tax and audit services, but then it's got the uh, advisory services as well. And so I do what's called organization development consulting, and I have a specialty in family businesses. So uh, yeah, working really in Kansas and Oklahoma primarily with different size clients from banking to manufacturing to service industry and all in between. Yeah, that's got to be, I mean, family business is, the, is already a really challenging um, dynamic, and, and I forget what the latest numbers are in terms of the, the number that, that don't make it to a second generation, and then the number that makes it to a third generation is even, even smaller. So I think you take that dynamic, and then you layer it with a global pandemic, um, and now the, and just the whole impact on the economy, that's got to be um, kind of tremendous pressure and then then as you were saying it's it's affecting your business too and so it's kind of a a, kind of a double whammy so how how how's that so yeah with family businesses uh, it's it's really difficult because you've got multiple layers and there's a a diagram that everyone uses with a venn diagram with your family your business management and then your ownership all overlapping and um, you really have to keep those hats separate because there's issues that come up in all of those different places but a lot of these family businesses are are just by nature really loyal to their employees and so this difficult time I've got one client that hasn't ever laid off anybody in their three-generation history that they have for the first time had to lay off people through this. And so you can imagine that's just pretty heart-wrenching for this family who has built this company and feels for the employees and has a lot of loyalty to have to be hit so much that they have to lay off people. So um, yeah, it's, it's difficult. And then you have the additional stress of everything that's both in the family and in the business. And um, it can just get to be very difficult, but there's also a a really strong resilience to family businesses because 
it has been something that they've grown and that really invested in. And so they, um, I think, are going to weather the storm really pretty well if they can make the cuts that are necessary, you know, and, and get through because they just do have that resilience. Yeah, I would think that um, the, yeah, I like that word resilient. And so they, is this something that they've really been able to, or any of your clients been able to prepare for in terms of uh, scenario um, planning or, you know, part of their succession plan? I mean, how do you, how do you actually plan for something this kind of catastrophic? Yeah, I mean, most of my clients, I don't think anyone saw this coming to this magnitude, especially if like you're in the restaurant or service industry. I mean, uh, you just go to zero revenue overnight, pretty much. Um, and so the ones that have done well through this, I think have responded quickly, but also they've been well capitalized where they're not over leveraged. They've got enough funds where they can make it through this and maybe even make some investments through it of uh, competitors that didn't plan as well, uh, get them cheap or get equipment for cheap because other people are trying to sell it uh, to make it through. So I, I think those who have done well or are doing well are, um, they, they've got the, the cash, right, that they need to make it through here. Probably really it kind of magnifies probably the strengths or weaknesses that they had going into it, and kind of exposes yeah. some of the some of the challenges in their in their business model or like you said how how well they were leveraged or what they had in savings. Yeah, exactly, um, and I think it'll be interesting to see how things. Oh, there's a quote by Mark Cuban I uh, saw that he talked about this being kind of America 2.0 as things reemerge here, that things are going to be very different and it's just not going to be a return, return to normal. So um, I think being able to weather the storm right now is one thing, being able to compete well in the new America or the new world moving forward is a different question that I think um, is a separate struggle that family businesses and others are going to have to deal with of, are we listening to our customers and adjusting as we need to, to whatever the new normal is going to be. Yeah. You hear that phrase a lot, the new normal. And yeah, um, I'm still not really sure how I kind of wrap my head around that, whether it's a good term or, or an overused term. Um, and mm -hmm. I, I I tend to struggle with what normal what was normal before. Um, maybe it's the new different as opposed to the new normal. Um, but it, yeah, it, you know we've all experienced disruptive technologies that you know that make some business models obsolete and and really propel new business models or open doors for others. Um, I, I'm not sure what how you would kind of categorize this disruption? How would you, as, as an OD uh, professional, how would, how would you describe this type of disruption or this level of disruption? Well, uh, I mean, people have called it, you know, a black swan event that you just never can predict, but it fundamentally changes things. 
but it's an interesting one because it's not not fundamentally caused by any sort of uh, economy that got out of whack or anything, right? It, it, it was medical that shut things down. And so uh, it's, it's interesting to see, you know, what is it going to be that stays the same and what changes because it's not like things were necessarily not working in somebody's business model beforehand, but now with people's changing behaviors and the way that they are going to react and work in the future, uh, you just don't know if your old business model will still be relevant or work. So I, I think it is a fundamental change overall, especially in certain industries. Um, I'm seeing, you know, across all the different industries that I touch, it's really, really dramatic, the changes between different industries. Um, I mean, obviously restaurants versus a food manufacturer versus construction, and even regionally, what industry you're in really changes how you're doing as a business. And I think that's going to be moving forward. Some industries are going to be completely turned upside down because of the way that consumers change whatever that looks like and other industries might be able to go on as normal from before. Yeah. And I think that, uh, yes, for some, like you said, that if you look at it kind of from an investment standpoint, some, some um, companies that you could invest in prior have been a really would be a really bad investment now or, or their, their stock values just plummeted. And, and some have really, you know, been able to, I mean, they're, they're, the needs that they serve have really, you know, kind of exploded. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's like walking around our neighborhood in the evenings. Uh, for one, it's the most I've seen my neighbors in, in the, you know, in the, in the time I've lived <laughs> in this neighborhood. So, because a lot of people are out, but it's like, wow, everybody's yards are looking really good. And so um, everybody's, you know, putting a lot of hours into their yard or, and their gardens and stuff. And so, um, you know, on a garden centers, it's been, you know, booming. And so um, the other piece I think is interesting is um, at the uh, kind of at the um, macro level in terms of economies and the impact that this will have on, on you know, regional uh, economies and, and global economies and, and, you know, national economies, kind of all three of those levels. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that you pointed out some of those regional differences because um, it certainly is, um, it's not the same across um, the country and, and not the same around the globe. And so um, how does that play yeah. out with clients? Are, are you seeing much variation in, in the regional areas that you serve? Yeah, um, I think the impact is not regionally is not as big yet as it will be. I think as different regions open up sooner than others and take different approaches, probably going to see more growth in getting back to normal in some areas. And then others, business might continue to struggle. Um, So yeah, with clients who have multiple locations, uh, they haven't noticed too many differences as of yet. 
but I, I think in the next month before the 4th of July, you're going to see some pretty dramatic um, changes and happenings here because right now with the, the Paycheck Protection Program, the PPP funds, a lot of companies have um, been able to keep employees on and still, you know, we're at what 15% unemployment or something overall. But once those funds run out, uh, I don't think consumer demand is going to ramp up at the same speed. I know it's not. So I think we're going to see a really large uptick in unemployment here before the 4th of July. And it's going to get a, a bit worse here economically than it feels like right now. And um, most clients that I talk to are are still just very uncertain about things, especially about the tail end of this in the fall, especially in construction and as capital expenditures go out, um, they're being very conservative. They don't want to spend anything that they don't have to right now. So they're putting all discretionary spending on hold and that sort of thing as much as they can. So I think we still got, economically speaking, a lot of uh, effects that are yet to be seen. Yeah, it's, it kind of reminds me of, I don't, this analogy just popped into my head. It's, it's kind of like the person that gets thrown overboard in, in the water and thinks, oh my gosh, I'm drowning, I'm drowning. And, and then, you know, so they're, you know, the, the, the economy, you know, goes down, goes down, the person is panicking. Then they, they mm -hmm. kind of stop and like, wait a second, my head's still above water. Uh, maybe, maybe it's not so bad, you know, maybe, maybe I'm not going to drown. And so you see this plateau of kind of the, the economic impact, but then, but then it's not too long after that, that the person's like, um, wait a second, I'm still in the water. <laughs> and, I, and, I <laughs> and there's sharks the coming. <laughs> yeah, and so then you almost see that second dip of, yeah. you know, I think that we're kind of, yeah, what you're seeing or what you're describing, I think is going to be that, that second dip, um, particularly when some of the different um, economic support kind of uh, falls away, and and some of the things that people were able to do in the short term to weather some of it uh, starts to dissipate. So as yeah, a uh, for sure, as an as an OD professional, um, how how has um, how has some of this shaped? your your role or maybe some of the methodologies or approaches that that you use sure um so immediately you know as this was coming about mid-march or becoming realizing how big this was going to be um my first thought i was driving into work on a monday morning after having brainstormed different things and you know, it was a race to get information out and try to help people with all of these unknowns and uncertainties. And I was just trying to think, you know, how can I help my clients and what is it that they need right now? And, and I just had this idea, well, more than anything, I think clients need uh, communication with one another, need some support, need sharing best practices, different things like that, because this is so uncertain and nobody's really dealt with something like this in the past. So um, I started up right away a couple um, CEO peer groups that were specifically focused on um, COVID-19 response. So tried to pair people 
uh, for maybe similar sized companies and, and just to meet virtually. We ended up meeting uh, and have been meeting maybe every week to two weeks and maybe extending it a little bit depending on that. And um, it's been a, a space for people to share updates with what's happening in their company and in their industry. What sort of policies are they putting in place? What are they seeing? And um, how are they responding? And it's been a really, really helpful tool, I think, for people that took part just to be able to get some support, but also to hear best practices and maybe understand, am I taking this too seriously or not seriously enough? Or how do we really need to mitigate our risk? So I think that's the thing that I've felt has been most helpful. And we offered that just as a free thing um, because we didn't feel like it was time to try and take advantage of people or pay, have people pay for that. Um, but uh, that seems that would really have some value long term too. I mean, going forward to uh, yeah. create that same type of of network, that same type of support. Yeah, I think that, that sure. speaks a, speak a lot to your company, to the culture of your own agency. Yeah, um, it, it's something that we're still moving forward with. We still have two two groups that are still meeting with less frequency. Um, but there's still so much uncertainty about this. Um, and eventually it might go to something beyond just a uh, COVID-19 uh, peer group. But like you said, there there is a lot of value in it just despite everything else going on. Are you doing more, um, are you still able to kind of get face to face with some of your clients or are you doing more um, virtual type. So like I know in the past you've done some strategic planning or some succession planning. What is, what's yeah. that? What do those types of interventions look like in this uh, new environment? Yeah, so good question. So the succession planning here at AGH, we've put together kind of a, a, a team that works from the financial side, the tax side, from personal wealth, and then from OD and management. And so we were trying to hit that hard and then this happened and then everyone kind of like, well, um, there's other fires to fight besides succession. Um, but right now, we're, so a lot of that has been delayed, but specifically in family businesses, we're really trying to get the message out that this is actually a really great time to make some ownership transitions because values of businesses have gone down. There's some favorable tax laws. Um, there's a lot of things that make it kind of an, a good opportune time to transition internally in the family business and keep that value down and keep the taxes down that you're going to have to pay on it. Um, so that's kind of, uh, you know, trying to find what's the current situation we're in and what's the best way to take advantage of it. Um, and then in strategic planning, I mean, there's, it's really hard for you to plan for the next year when you don't even know what the next two weeks is going to look like. Uh, so we really, uh, people haven't wanted to do a lot of strategic planning, but what I've seen a need for is uh, like a, what I call like strategic innovation of uh, there's this new book that just came out by a strategizer who did the business model canvas and other books. It's called the invincible company. 
And the premise is that you've all businesses to succeed have to have two business canvases that they're working with, not canvases, but two business model portfolios. Yeah. One is the, yeah, the existing. Uh, so what's your existing business models? And then the explore, which is you're always trying to find what's next. And so um, I think helping companies, especially those that have been around a while to figure out how do you do strategic innovation to think about what's next and how do we improve our services and product offerings. And uh, so I think that's going to be a real big need moving forward um, out of this, because like I said, it's going to be America 2.0 and don't know what it's going to look like, but you got to be able to figure that out. Yeah, maybe it's instead of succession planning or strategic planning, it's survival planning. Yeah. And I like that idea of the two canvases. It kind of reminds me, I think it was, gosh, this is going back a ways. I think it was Blanch Ken Blanchard that had the uh, the concept, and it was in one of his books called Jumping the Curve, where he talked about um, the, the, you know, the, the business cycle that organizations go through and, and how do you start that next cycle? And then at, at what point do you jump from the one cycle to the other? And I think that that's... Yeah. Uh, that's what I love about the business canvas. I love it. I love how it's a visual uh, mm -hmm. depiction. Um, yeah, that's yeah, I encourage sure. the listeners of this to definitely check out both the the uh, the first book and then the second one. What you said it's called the Invincible um, Company. Yeah, the Invincible Company. Yeah. Great. Well, there's a great recommendation right there. Yeah, so, just came out hot off the presses. Presses. Uh, well, thank you, Daniel. So what, uh, do you have any, uh, what, uh, what writing have you done or if, or if my listeners want to, uh, learn more about some of your ideas? I know I've, I've seen some of your stuff appears in like the Wichita business journal. Um, how can they, how can they kind of connect with you or follow you? Yeah. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, which is at DW underscore white. Or uh, you can go to aghlc.com, which is AGH that I work for. And we've got stuff on there about our different services. Something that I would uh, actually suggest you check out, which is kind of interesting, is called um, aghoneshot.com. And it's in regards to succession planning, it's, it's a fail blog for succession planning. So basically tell fictional stories of different people who have messed up their succession planning in different ways and so uh, i've been writing a few of those here and there um, just fictional little stories to help people envision you know why they need to succession do succession planning the right way so check those out that's that's awesome and it, and it, and any if anybody sees themselves in some of those stories it's purely coincidental because probably right. none of them would <laughs> No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I will definitely. Uh, I'll definitely share that with my uh, my listeners. And so, um, well, Daniel, I appreciate your time, and uh, I'm surprised. Oh, so you're not in. You're not at home. I was thinking I hadn't heard your little ones in the background, and so. Um, yeah. That's that's always been fun with these Zoom sessions. Um, is just the the things that you see that people Zoom bomb, and the. Uh, in the meetings yeah so. i had i was at home this morning and had a zoom 
call uh, that I got interrupted twice by the kids. So came into the office this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's part of that new normal. I think people don't even, they, they don't even bat an eye now with those types of occurrences. So, um, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. I uh, hope you uh, sure. continue to uh, do well and uh, I'll, I'll uh, hope to uh, catch up with you later sometime. So Daniel, yeah, appreciate well, thanks. your time. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And best of luck as you get the podcast started. I'm looking forward to hearing who else you have on here. Oh, thank you. Yep. Stay tuned. I hope you've enjoyed listening to Chatting About Change with Dr. Jim Maddox. If you want to connect more, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, and at my website, drjimmaddox.com. Thanks for listening.